Welcome to the Potter's House Community Church's podcast. Join us weekly as we feature our Sunday sermons. The Potter's House Community Church exists to help people be shaped by God to be followers of Jesus Christ. We hope today's message encourages you as we dive into God's Word. So grab your favorite drink and let's listen to today's sermon. So show me your mysteries, my God. As I was looking at uh, and working on the passage for today, it's like, man, this is, this is really a passage that's really geared for Christians. Like he's talking to Christians about Christians, about who we are as Christians. Um, and, uh, and, and if you're here and that's not you, you're not there yet as far as that, like you still can learn from this. You still can hear a lot of good stuff from this. Uh, but I, I venture to say our odds are good with the weather today. Um, that if you made it out to church today, it's probably because uh, you know Jesus. Um, that you would venture uh, to be here today. So, um, so our, our passage last week, we really got into um, a lot of the negative that he was having to address to the Colossians of, um, uh, of these distortions to the gospel and threats to the gospel that were coming at them. And, uh, and we really had to look at those kind of negative aspects last week. Um, well, this week, um, he goes much more to the positive. We get to see uh, the reason why we don't have to worry about all those things we talked about last, last week because of who we are in relationship to Christ. And, uh, and so today we're going to look at, look at our passage and kind of has uh, three points I'm going to pull out of this. First, we're going to see um, the Christian's connection to Christ. We're going to see our future hope. And then we're going to see how that affects our current perspective. So we're going to see our connection to Christ. We're going to see our future hope. And then we're going to see our current perspective. So let's, let's jump into today's passage. We're in Colossians 3, starting in verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. What, a, what an encouraging passage this is for the Christian. We see, we see first of all, um, he says a lot in here about our positional relationship to Christ. What has happened to us when we placed our faith in Jesus? What has happened to us in relationship to Christ? And the first thing he says is that if then you have been raised with Christ. Our faith is in the fact that Jesus raised from the dead. And so he's saying here that as a Christian, then then what's happened with us is that when we placed our faith in Jesus, then we too have been raised with him. But that also means what he says down in verse 3, for you have died. So we also died with Christ. Our old self dies with him, and then a new self is raised with him. We are new creatures. We're a new creation in him. And, uh, and this is, is such a, a marvelous mystery because it can seem quite confusing if you just read these things and hear these words because it's almost as if it's like, well, my heart didn't stop beating, right? Like, what does it mean? I, I died 
or I, I raise them. Is, is, is this talking about some kind of Christian zombieism? Is, is that what, what we're talking about here? That uh, we're all a bunch of just like dead people walking kind of thing? Um, and the answer we know, of course, is no, that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about death to our old self and life in our new self in Christ that we have been raised to. Uh, there's an old preacher story um, that tells about uh, there were two ladies um, that were well known on the party scene. Um, they were uh, sisters and they were very, very active in, in that scene. And then they came to Christ. And they're, the next time that after they came to Christ that they were invited to one of those parties that were a part of their old self, they responded back, um, I'm sorry, we cannot make it. We have died. Um, and, uh, and that was because they were applying this truth that, that, that part of them, that, that who they used to be was dead. That part that, that person no longer lives. That person is gone. The new person is this new person that is raised in Christ to live in the way that he would have us to live. Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians, in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. The old is dead. The new has come. Because we see the Christian is connected with Christ through his resurrection and his death. But because of that, we're also connected with Christ in his current status. In verse 3, it says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So our, our current status as we're walking as Christians is that our very life, our very livelihood is hidden with Christ. It is secure with him. He's ascended to the right hand of the Father, which we, we, we saw there in verse 1. He's seated at the right hand of God, and our very lives are secure with him in that place. If you ever feel as a Christian as if things are uncertain or things are wishy-washy or you just don't know what's going to happen or how things are going to work out, be assured of this, that you are secure there hidden in Christ. You're hidden with him, as this verse says here, that, that you are safe in that. But he goes on in verse 4, and the fact that we're hidden in Christ is that in verse 4 it says, When Christ, who is your life, so not only are we hidden with him, he's our very life now. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So what's it saying here? He's saying that when Jesus comes back, we're going to be with him. We're going to be with him for all eternity. The Christian is connected to Christ by being currently hidden with him, but in the future will be revealed with him. So we're currently hidden with him. In the future, we're going to be revealed with him is what he's saying here in this verse. And so, so what does this mean? This means that this is something we can look forward to. We can look forward to the day when Jesus returns. It's interesting. This is the only place in the book of Colossians where, where Paul mentions the second coming. And it's in this context that he's telling us that, hey, you're going to get to be with him when he comes back. 
You're going to be with him in his glory. Uh, John uh, said it this way in 1 John 3, verses 2 and 3. He says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. So our, our future hope is in Christ. It's in his return. It's in his glory. I've heard, heard it said recently by someone that they just, they weren't certain or, or sure that like part of them was going to last beyond this life. That like, like really like there, there's part of me that that's going to last forever. And the truth according to scripture is yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All of us will last forever. We have a life beyond this life. The question is, what kind of life is that going to be? Is it going to be a life that is revealed in glory with Christ? Or is it going to be a life that is risen to be judged by him in condemnation? Because that is the reality according to scripture of the two options. Because it's very real in the word of God that yes, we do have souls and yes, those souls do live on past this life. And so we can know with certainty from God's word that this is a reality. And with this, this topic of Jesus's return, I hear a lot of uh, Christians today, especially, no, no offense, but especially older Christians um, who are certain um, that Jesus' return is closer than it's ever been. And I'll tell you, they're 100% right. <laughs> and now it's even closer. <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> now it's even closer. Because <laughs> it's coming, it's something that's going to happen. And from the time that he rose and into heaven, the expectations of Christians has been and should be that he could come back at any minute. That we should be ready for his return at any minute. It's always referred to as imminent. Even though it's been 2,000 years, it's imminent. At any moment, we should be ready for his return. We should be ready for him to come back. And I don't know when that's going to be. I don't know if that's in the next minute, or I don't know if that's in another 2,000 years. I, I can't tell you. I mean, I, I know a lot of people that study the prophecies and all of those things, and they're seeing what they think is them being fulfilled that would lead to his imminent return. But the reality is we don't know because Jesus told us that's not for you to know. That's the Father's business. He knows when, when that's going to happen. He knows when I'm coming back. And what you need to worry about is you need to be ready. And so we need to be ready for his return because that is where hope is found is when he returns. And this is very, very good news. But when you're living in light of the fact that Jesus could come back at any moment, that changes your perspective on things. You have a new perspective because you see, as Christ's return is the future hope of all Christians, 
That's where our hope is, is in his return. But when we have that hope, then we're also going to have a change in perspective. If I'm living my life as if Jesus could show up at any minute, then that's going to affect the things that I do. I've heard it said of uh, one godly old lady that she was watching, she was in a movie theater with her family, watching a movie, and she got up and left, and their family was like, well, it wasn't that offensive of a movie. Like, what, what was going on with grandma? And so they went out and talked to her afterwards. They said, like, grandma, like, like, why did you get up and leave the movie? And she said, well, that just wasn't what I wanted to be doing if Jesus came back right now. <laughs> but think about it. Like, there's some truth in that, right? Like, if Jesus came back right now, what do you want to be doing? How do you want to be living? What do you want to be using your time for? How do you want to be doing these things? Because um, let's look at Philippians 3, uh, verses 20 and 21. It says this, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So at that same theme of we're waiting on Jesus to come back, and, and as we're waiting, we're waiting because ultimately our, our citizenship, our, our status is in heaven. It's in the kingdom of God. That's where, where our hope is found. That's where our identity exists. If you haven't heard recently, um, me and my family, we became dual citizens. We are now fully Canadian and, uh, and still American too, but... Uh, you guys did not let the authorities uh, in on enough information uh, for them to block our application. So uh, uh, tricks on you. Uh, we're in now. Uh, can't get rid of us. Um, but uh, I've found in my mind, as that change has happened, as, as I've become a Canadian citizen, um, I've noticed myself thinking differently about some things. Um, before I would hear things coming from our government and, uh, and those kind of things, I would say, hmm, man, whoever elected those people, they messed up. <laughs> and now I have to look at it and say, oh man, now I got to vote. <laughs> Who in the world am I going to vote for, right? There's a difference. There's a difference in my mindset. There's a difference in, in the way that, that I'm thinking about these things and approaching these things because my perspective has changed because my citizenship has changed. Well, the same is true when, we, when that change happens in our lives, when we, we go from being apart from Christ to being with Christ, when, we go, when that old self dies and the new self is raised to live in the new life in him and our citizenship has changed, that's gonna also change the way we think. That's gonna change our perspective and the way uh, Paul gives us this kind of instruction here in Colossians 3, um, saying this, he says, If all this has happened for you, then seek the things that are above. And then skipping down, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. And he's saying, hey, if your reality is in heaven, then that's going to change the way you think. That's going to change your perspective on things. When you have citizenship in heaven, it changes your perspective on earth. And Paul's reminding them, hey, don't, don't just worry about and look at, at earthly things, but think about heavenly things. It should change your perspective. Now, 
To be clear, this is not saying that that all we do is 24-7 just read Bibles and theology books and just sit thinking about, excuse me, heaven all the time, because that is in contradiction to basically the rest of scripture. Um, Because yes, we should use our brains for things like learning occupations, learning trades, applying what we learn in those occupations and trades. Um, Recently, I was you know, pretty sick. And I think I saw six different doctors over uh, that time period. And I'm very thankful uh, for the way they have used their brains um, to learn things to help me. Um, and so, uh, so yes, like I, I fully believe that, that as Christians, we, we should use our brains to engage um, those kind of things. But when we're applying this, when we're thinking about those things, it's going to change the way we think about them. When, we, when we're applying this, when we're thinking about things that are above, then it's going to change the way that we interact with, engage with the things that are below. So for instance, uh, should, is this saying that, uh, that we shouldn't think about making a grocery list and what our family needs for the week, right? Because that's a thing of earth, right? No, that's not what it's saying. But maybe it is saying that as you think about your grocery list, you think about it with a kingdom perspective of, hey, how do I approach my grocery list from a way that advances the kingdom? What does that mean? Maybe that means, well, well, maybe I put something on my list specifically for the purpose of giving it to someone else. Maybe I, I think about my, my grocery list in a way of how can I, I minimize my expenses so that I, I can have more to give um, to ministries and advancing the kingdom. I already talked about learning a trade or occupation. Like, yes, absolutely. Use your brain to engage, to learn trades, occupations, and apply what you have learned. Just because you come to Christ doesn't mean that we don't need godly people in those, those trades and occupations. But it means that we need people in those trades and occupations that are thinking about those things from a heavenly perspective. And so... Jesus said it this way in Matthew 6, 33. He said this, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So our first priority, our our, our first thing out of the gate is we want to be seeking him and his kingdom and letting that drive how we do things. But does maybe this mean that uh, set your mind on things above should that maybe inform us and in how we engage with some forms of entertainment, maybe? Or don't engage with them. Uh, the advice one of the doctors gave me is said, well, you have mono, all I can prescribe for you is bed rest. Go watch a bunch of Netflix. So I took him up on that. <laughs> so I was laying in bed, watching Streaming services, I think I've come to the end of streaming services. I, I, I think I've exhausted everything they, have, they are streaming. Um, I started one new movie about five minutes in. I was like, well, horrible acting, pretty lame plot, not good editing. Well, I've watched everything else. I'm just going to keep watching it. So, <laughs> um, and, uh, and then I was you know, getting so bored laying there that started trying out some new apps on my phone, right? So found, found a new game. 
I've been sitting there sorting cakes <laughs> on my phone. Set your mind on things above. <laughs> sorting cakes. It's pretty sad when my six-year-old comes in and starts beating me at sorting cakes. <laughs> and so I'll tell you, after all of that, all of that setting my mind on those things, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't feel closer to God. It did not uh, enrich my relationship with him in any way. Um, I guess it, I bide the time until I could get out of bed. But regardless, I just bring that up to say like, yeah, I think we should look at applying this verse to how do we engage those things? Is this the best use of our time? Is this the best use of our, our brain? Um, Jesus, when asked about, hey, what's the greatest commandment in the law? He said this in Matthew 22. He said, he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Other, other reiterations of what he said here include and strength, all your strength. But what does it look like to love the Lord your God with all your mind? It looks like setting your mind on things above, not on earthly things. That your mind is focused in on him, that your mind is trained on him. A while back when I was at my old church, I preached a, a sermon once and uh, I, made a, I stated a question in, in the message and apparently it stood out enough to one of the ladies in the church that she wrote it out in calligraphy and framed it and gave it to me and uh, it's sitting on my desk right now. And so I'm like, well, if that question meant that much to her, maybe it's one I should repeat. And so I'll give it to you today. And that question is this, does what you think about fuel your heart to love God more? Does what you think about fuel your heart to love God more? Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you uh, for who you are. We thank you for all that you've done for us. Lord, we thank you for the realities of, of our status with you, the fact that we, we died with you, we raised with you, we're currently hidden with you, and, the, and we have full assurance and 100% certainty that, that in the future, we will be glorified with you. We will be revealed with you in your glory. And I thank you for that reminder today. I pray for anyone here or watching online who, who does not have that assurance, who does not have that hope. I pray that you will just by the power of your Holy Spirit, draw them to yourself and let them see the need that they have for that. Bring them to yourself as only you can. Lord, for those of us who do know you, Lord, I pray that we'll be reminded by this passage today to set our minds on things above, to set our mind on you, on the things of you, on your word, Lord, let us dig into your word and spend time in your word and, and just commune with you there. Lord, help us to, to train our minds on you. And thank you for all that you do for us. In Christ's name, I pray.
Amen. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Feel free to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and share with others. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit our website at www.potterschurch.ca or you can connect with us also on social media. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of our weekly sermon series. We hope that you have such an amazing rest of your day. Please reveal yourself.